The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, launching a new series that we're entitling Four Cups, and it's based off of a book called Four Cups. But I have to be honest, I am extremely excited about what God is going to do through this series. Uh, I really believe, and you're going to probably hear me say it multiple times because it is really, it's been in my spirit um, just what God's going to do over the entire month of October. That's the length of this series. And, and I promise, I will guarantee that if you will lean in and pay attention to what God wants to do in your life, that at the end of October, no matter where you are, this is the key, no matter where you are, it doesn't matter if you're brand new to faith, it doesn't matter if you have been in this thing for 70 years. Here's what I believe, that God's got more for you. And I believe that you'll find yourself further along spiritually than where you are today if you will tune in, listen in to what God wants to do. Because here, here's the truth of the matter. I, I think as each one of us walk out this journey of life at some point, and it's different for everyone, we all begin to thirst for something more. We, we want more than just life the way that it currently is. It's a thirst perhaps for more peace, more fulfillment, more joy, more purpose. And the good thing is, is that that was God's plan all along. And since the ancient times, he's made promises that he would quench that thirst. And the promises that he made then are the same promises that he makes now for you and I Today. And so if I can boil it down really like the entire month of October for us, here's how I would say it. This entire series is about pursuing the promises of God, pursuing the promises of God. And so if you will allow me today, I am going to kind of set the stage um, and, and talk to you about these promises. And then over the next four weeks, Pastor Rex is going to come in and just knock it out of the park. But, but let me set um, some context for you today. The night before Jesus would go to the cross, he would have observed the Passover meal or the Passover celebration. And for those of you that might be new to faith, this is the celebration of the Jews who were God's chosen people, uh, who Moses led out of slavery under the rule of the Egyptians. And so we see the scene in, chapter, er, in Luke chapter 11 um, that we would now be known as the Last Supper. And even if you're really not super familiar with that passage. You've seen the the painting of it or portrayed in some way. This is the place where Jesus would say, uh, he would take bread and he would break it saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he would say, uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is where we get the communion scripture from that we would read so often. And I've been raised in church. I've been in church. I'll be 35 next month. And my entire life, listen, I know what communion is. I feel like I feel like I have a good handle on communion, right? Communion is bread and a cup. And for me, really, I, I remember as a teenager, for us, really, what communion is, it's this little cup with this little plastic piece, right? It's got that little nice little piece of bread in there, all in one. It's great. But I remember as a teenager, that's not how it was. 
you would get the cup, and then you would get the bread, and you'd have to hold them both in, in each hand, right? One in each hand. And I remember vividly thinking, dear God, please don't let me spill this grape juice all over this pew. Like, my parents are going to kill me if I spilled. In my hand, the more I thought about it, the more nervous I would get, and my hand would start to shake. You know what I'm saying? Please hurry up and get to the point where I can drink this juice. Please, please, please. But I, I know what communion is, right? It's some bread, and it's the cup. Actually, history would show us that when Jesus would have observed this celebration, it would have looked different than the way that it might look for you and I today. In fact, from the book of Exodus until today, when Jewish people celebrate the Passover, there would have been the bread as we're accustomed to. But instead of one cup, there would have been four cups. It would have been four cups when Jesus celebrated the Passover. And it actually makes sense because if you read Luke chapter 22, the cup is mentioned several times. And if you're just reading it, you're like, why are you mentioning uh, the cup so many times? It's because there's not just one cup, there was four cups. And so it kind of all makes sense. When Jesus would take this, there would have been four cups. And this is where this, this is where it really gets interesting because if you begin to study this, you'll find that each one of these cups represents God's plan and promises for people's lives. It was a plan that God had for the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, but those plans are eternal. They're the same plans that he has for you and I today. And if you search the word of God, you can find them all throughout scripture. You can find them in the Great Commission. You can find them in the book of Acts. You can find them all throughout the Old Testament. You can find them all throughout the New Testament. It's cover to cover with these four promises. And so as a church, knowing that there's some core promises, we've realized that we need to develop everything that we do around these core promises because these are the things that God wants to do in people's lives and not what we want to do in people's lives. And so over the next few weeks, listen, it's our desire to take you on a spiritual journey. And once again, I don't know where you are, but I do know this. That wherever you are, if you have found yourself asking the question, is there more? There's got to be something more than life as I currently know it. If you have found yourself asking that question, and the great thing is, once again, it doesn't matter how new you are or how seasoned you are, there is something more than what you're currently experiencing. And I have a feeling that you're going to thoroughly enjoy this series. Is anybody excited to pursue everything that God has for you over the next month? I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this place. And so today I, I want to launch this series with really a simple statement, a simple thought, and it's this, that more than 3,000 years ago, God made some core promises to a group of people in Egypt the Israelites, and those promises continue to stand at the heart of everything that he wants to do in your life today. The God of the universe, listen, has an offer on the table for you. He's made some promises to you. Second Peter chapter 1 would say this, God has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, so through the promises, they have a purpose When you discover the promises, they do two things. One, it says that you may participate in the divine nature. Chances are, I'll go out on a limb and say that a lot of us in the room are probably participating in some things that aren't so divine. 
right? Like, like if you're a human being, you, you might be participating in some things that aren't so divine. And a lot of Christians are living very natural lives. In other words, the world's reality has become greater to you than God's realities. And if you were to step back and look at your life, we obviously won't raise hands, but if you would be honest with yourself, I think that some of us would admit that we're not looking the way that Scripture would want us to look. Instead, we're living out the plan that the enemy would have designed for our lives because we're participating in a very natural life. And I don't know if you know this or not, but God did not design you and I to live a natural life. He didn't design us to just barely get by and and to rely on the things of the world to get by. No, no. He designed you and I to live a supernatural life. That's, That's what he is. That's who he is. And so promises help us participate in that divine nature. And the second thing that they do, Scripture tells us, is they will help us escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I don't know about you, but I need that. In fact, I need both of those. Like I I need to participate in that divine nature. I I need to do more godly things and live out what the word would have for me. But I also need, I need some help escaping the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So what is a promise? What, What is a promise? A promise is very simple. It's an offer with a guaranteed result. It's an offer with a guaranteed result. And listen, God has got an offer on the table for you and I, and I believe chances are very good that some of us in the room haven't fully realized what the offer is. In other words, God's got more for you than what you're currently experiencing. If you're walking through life thinking there's got to be something more, there's got to be something greater, you're right. God's got something more for you. There is an offer in the form of promises. And when God makes a promise, guess what? He delivers on his promise. Like there's not promises that God makes that he doesn't deliver on. And and I get it. It's difficult, right? It's, it's, It's hard sometimes to understand this principle because some of you have been made promises by a spouse, by a mother, by a father, by a school teacher, by a coach, by an employer. And they've broken those promises. And so it's easy for you to think, well, well, I'm not quite sure if this really is, like I've been on the broken end of so many promises. But can I tell you, God does not operate the same way your spouse operates. God doesn't operate the same way your, your employer operates. That, that's not the God that you and I serve. In fact, Joshua 21 would say this, Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody else that I can say that about. You can't look at me and say that. Nope. I've broken some promises. Not proud of it, but it's, it's, no, no, no. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. And can I point out that while they were living this, right, while this was, this was lived out, they didn't think that he was going to answer all the promises that he'd made to them. But guess what? He did. They, it, they didn't know how it was going to happen. It, it might not look the way that they think it should, but, but he did. He, he did it. He delivered on his promise. 
And I don't know the ins and the outs of the promises that you feel like God has made to you or maybe some promises that, that you have in your world. But I do know one thing, and this is, I told you earlier that I like country music. Or, hey, this, this reminds me of an old country song. It's like a hammer and a nail, socks and shoes, like rhythm and blues. See, it's good. That's kind of the way that like fulfillment and promises are. They go together. If God makes a promise, he's going to stand behind his promise and he's going to make good on his promise. He doesn't fail. He doesn't go back on his promises. Hebrews chapter 6, this is a beautiful passage of scripture, and we're going to kind of walk through this over the next few moments. 6 and 17 would say this, when God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word, a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word. God can't break his word. For those of you that were wondering, it's right there, like that's not a you know, Brad chapter three. No, 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 no. This is he, God can't break his word. And because he, his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. In other words, his promises are eternal. They're unchangeable. God is always looking to fulfill his promises. There is nothing that you can do that makes God say, eh, I'm out on that promise for them. <laughs> nice try. Like, I, I almost did, but nah, I'm so sorry. That's not how God operates. That's, that's not the God, the, the, the creator of the universe. He doesn't operate that way. They're unchangeable. The passage would continue and say this. This is beautiful. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. And this is exactly where we're trying to move our church over the next few weeks. We're trying to reveal these promises to you so that you can get a hold of some promises from God and never let go of them, that you grab them with both hands and hold on as tight as you can. Now listen, if you're happy with where you are spiritually, we're all envious of you. Because there's, there's not a whole lot of people in this room that would probably say, man, I'm right where I need to be. Like, I, I mean, I, now there, there, you might be in here saying, listen, I'm, we're pretty good, you know. Uh, but if you're right where you want to be there, most of us in here probably can't make that, that, that uh, judgment about ourselves. And, and it's one of the things that I really love about this house is that, that the people that call this church home are not comfortable with where we currently are. And listen, I get it. It's easy. It's easy for those of us that have been in church for years and years and years to grow accustomed to the way life and the way church is always happening. And it's easy to sit back and relax and grow, go, grow comfortable. But no, 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 not this place. That's what I love about this church is no matter how long you've, you're new or you've been here 40 years, we're constantly seeking more and we're seeking all that God has for us. And that is a great thing to say about a church. So we're grabbing the promise with both hands and we're not letting go and the, the passage would continue. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline talking about the promise. Watch this. Reaching past all appearances to the very presence of God. 
And this is, what, this is what we're dangling in front of you today. First, that when God makes a promise, that he can't break his word. And second, that if you will hold on to the promises of God with both hands and not let them go, that it will lead you right into the very presence of God. I've been a lot of places. I've seen some really, really cool things in, in my short 35 years of living almost. But, but guess what? When I need peace, there's no concert, there's no football game that can give me the peace or the joy that I need. When my kids are sick, there's nothing out there that can give me what I really, you know what can give me what I need is when I hold on to the promises of God and it takes me right into his very presence and it's right in the middle of his presence where I can find everything that I've been looking for. So as we launch this series today and we lead up to the four core promises over the next four weeks, I want to make sure that you have a, a firm grasp about th- this idea of promises, that you understand the magnitude and how, how big the promises of God really are. So there's, there's three truths that I want you to, to grab a hold of today before you leave about promises. And the first one is this, is that I need to know his promises. I need to know his promise, promises. Some of you know a lot of his promises. Some of you don't know any of his promises. But his promises need to be made known unto you. First Chronicles 17 and 19 would say this, O Lord, for the sake of your servant and according to your will, You have done this great thing and made known all of these great promises. See, what what David is saying here is this. He's celebrating because all of these promises have been made known to him. And he's excited that he's realizing the promises of God in his life. And so the question then becomes, where do we find these promises? Like where all these promises that you're talking about, that's great and that's good, but, but where do we go to find his promises? Let's make it really simple. The promises of God are found in his word. Uh, you want to know what the Bible is? The Bible is a book of promises. You flip through the pages of his word and you will find promise after promise after promise. Inside these pages are the very promises that will allow you to live that divine nature and to help you escape the corruption of the world. His promises are found in his word. It's why it's so important if you want to grow in your walk with God that this word of God has to become more than a piece that sits on your nightstand. And collects dust. It's got to be more than, than a, a, a cup holder. It's got to be opened. And it's got to be learned. It's got to be read. But I just, I don't really understand it. Have you read it? What version are you reading? Try something different. But Brad, I, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, no, no, no. Get in his Word, and you're going to find some promises that are going to sustain you through the moments of life that you don't know how to handle. Listen, let me make it really plain. You know why Mondays are so bad so often times for many of us? Like, right, Mondays are awful at work, aren't they? Let's be honest. Come on, don't lie. Come on, we're in church. Not a good place to lie. <laughs> Here, here's the reason. 
It's probably your attitude. Right? Like you're tired. The weekend was great. You don't want to get up and go to work. You had a lot of fun the weekend. You got to go to church. Woo! Highlight of your weekend. Got to watch your kids play sports. You got to watch Texas win and A&M and OU lose. Amen. Just kidding. I don't know if that happened this weekend or not. That's in a perfect world for me. But guess what? I wonder what would happen in your world if before you walked into the office, you just decided for five minutes to open up the word of God and just kind of peruse, just to see what it might say in here. And guess what will happen? I I have a feeling that you're going to find something in here that you're going to say, oh, that's good. And let's be, it's not going to be everything. I read the, I'm, it's not going to be the whole chapter where I'm, I'm repeating everything. The whole, no, no, no. There's going to be a nugget of truth in here that you're going to walk in and your attitude is going to be different towards your boss. Listen, your boss might be a jerk. He probably is. Unless you're the boss. You're not a jerk. Okay, let me talk to you where I am. What would happen, I wonder if, if uh, when you wake your kids up in the morning, you know, sometimes your, your kids are lovely. They're a gift from God. We get that. But sometimes they're crazy, right? Like you have their clothes laid out. You know what they're going to eat for breakfast. That's what all the responsible parents in the room do. For those of us that don't, we just throw a Pop-Tart in there and say, here you go, baby, breakfast of champion. But you got it all laid out and you're ready to go. And they wake up and they're just in a mood like, like they just, that Satan was in their room all night or something just crazy. They're just like, who are you and what have you done with my kid? They don't want to wear the clothes that you laid out for them. That drives my wife nuts, I'm just going to tell you. That's why I wear all the clothes she lays out for me. No, I'm kidding. Partly kidding. <laughs> Sometimes they don't want to eat the food that she's got laid out, ready to go. She's so organized. You know what would happen, right, if you and I would start opening up our word? And it frustrates us, doesn't it? Man, it makes me mad. I'm not going to lie. Like, I wanted to go to bed, but instead I picked your clothes out. Think I enjoy picking your clothes out? No. I enjoy sleep. And then you wake me up in the middle of the night. Sorry, I'm just venting now. My bad. (laughs) But what would happen before you walk into an important business meeting if you just opened up the word of God and just, yeah, you don't even know where to read. Just open it up and just start reading. I guarantee you that there's going to be a promise, a nugget of truth that you can reach out and grab a hold of with both hands that's going to get you through whatever it is that you're walking through. There's going to be a promise that you can grab a hold of, read your Bible every day and grab a nugget of truth. When life doesn't make sense, you need to get a hold of the promises of God. When you don't know what to do, get a hold of the promises of God. Did you know that for every situation that you deal with in life, that there's a verse that you can find? Like there isn't something that you're going through that God hasn't already dealt with in his word. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it it wild to think about? Like some of you are thinking, well, well, Brad, I mean, I've got, I deal with with fear really, really bad. I've I've got fear in my heart. How about Psalm 27 when it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Come on, I wonder if you grabbed a hold of that. When you start to get fearful, what about 1 John 4 and 4 when it says, he who is greater, (sighs) 
He's greater in you than he who is in the world. When you, when you feel like you're, you're in a battle with the enemy, right? Romans 8 and 37 that would say we are more than conquerors through him, right? Maybe, maybe you can grab a hold of that. Maybe that one doesn't work for you. What about Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 when you, you feel like you're in a battle with the world? Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. If that one don't work for you, well... You're going through financial struggles. How about Philippians 4, 19? And, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I, I don't know what you need to grab a hold of, but there's some promises in the word of God. I, well, I got sickness in my body, Pastor Brad. How about Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, who heals all of your diseases. But, but I, yeah, I've heard that one. Okay, what about 1 Peter 2 and 24? One of my favorites, you remember when Jesus would take the stripes on his back, the word of God says that by his stripes, we are healed. <laughs> I don't know what promises you need to get a hold of, but here's what I'm telling you. It's time for the church to go ahead and get a hold of the promises of God with both hands. Not just for fun, not just so we can be along for the ride. No, no, no. So that you can be taken into the very presence of God. Because it's in the very presence of God where things change. It's not in your strength. It's not in your abilities. It's not in your talents. It's in the very presence of God. When you go to the dentist, crown him with many crowns. Just kidding. Don't look for that one. It's not in there. Hold on to the promises of God. I need to know the promises. The second thing is this, is that I need to understand his promises. And this is where some of us might say, you know, I think God's into false advertisement. Uh, he, he says some things, but I'm not sure he really delivers on that. And I think the reason that some of us might have this this, I, this notion towards that is because we don't fully understand the promises of God. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. This is beautiful. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He's not like you and me where we get a better opportunity and we're like, whoops, we'll see ya. No, 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 no. That's not how God operates. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? To which some of you are saying, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's how it's been for me. Did you know when God makes a promise, he doesn't change his mind. They're, they're, they're eternal. They're unconditional you can't sin enough to change the promises of God. That's reassuring, isn't it? But not only are they unconditional, you need to know this. They are conditional. Well, how does that, how does that make sense? Every promise has a premise. Every promise has 
a premise. And, and although God is the one who fulfills the promise, watch, you and I have responsibilities in the process. So what's our role in the process? The first is this. We've got to be walking in right relationship with God. See, I got a lot of stuff that I could do for my kids. I love my kids. There's a lot of things I want to bless them with. I may not have a whole lot, but I got a whole lot more than they got. But if they choose to leave the family, choose to walk out and not have anything to do with the Wilkinson family, then they're making a choice for me not to be able to bless them. Now, I can love them. I can pray for them. And I will. Got to be walking in right relationship. Some of us are thinking, well, God's just not faithful. And I would ask the question, yeah, but are you walking in right relationship? Our, our role, second role in this is that we must ask with faith. Come on, if you're a Christian in the house, you just got to go ahead and get used to using your faith. God operates through faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. But see, some of us, right, and we've all been guilty of this from time to time. We sit back and we're just like, bring it on, God. Come on. No, no, you have to actually believe that he can do what his word says he can do. Like, if you're in a position where you're like, God, I just wish you would bless me, but I don't really think you can. Come on, we got to operate in faith. we got to step out saying, God, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how you can do it, but I just know that if you set it in here, if you did it for them, that you can do it for me. you got to start walking it out and living it out by faith. Thirdly, our role is this, and this is the one that gets me. I wish I didn't have to be so transparent. We got to be patient and wait on God's timing. I don't do good with patience. Have you ever found yourself wondering, why does it take so long, God, for you to answer my prayers? Why why does it take so long for you to come through for me? Like I see it for other people, but for me, I, I don't know. Could it be that he's trying to teach you and I something in the process? What is it that you and I need to learn through the process while we're waiting on God to fulfill the promise that he's already made in his word? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 would say this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Pastor Randy, would you help me? You need to know his promises. You need to understand his promises. And this is really what the entire series is going to be about moving forward, is that you have to pursue his promises. All the promises in the word of God might not just fall in your lap. Just sitting here and everything, just boom, boom. No, no, no. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to find in this word, and you're going to have to pursue them. You're going to have to walk after them. You're going to have to claim some promises that God has made in his word. And so over the next four weeks, throughout the rest of this month, I have a feeling, listen, that God's going to do some amazing things. He's going to take you on a spiritual journey as you learn about these four core promises that seriously, you're going to mature spiritually in ways that you never dreamed possible. I I believe it with everything that's in me. 
as we dive into these four core promises. Watch what, what David was saying in Psalm 119 and 140. He says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. Some of us haven't thoroughly tested the promises of God. Oh, we've claimed the promises of God. Oh, yes, woo! Yes, God, woo I believe it. But then when it doesn't happen the way that we think it should happen or show up when we think it sh- should show up, we, we forget about the promise of God in his, that he made in his word. It just, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe that wasn't for me. We haven't thoroughly tested the promises of God. And that's what David is saying here. Oh, well, it, it may not have happened when I think it should, but I'm going to keep on plugging along. I'm going to keep on holding on to the promises of God. And guess what? He says, now your servant loves them. Like while you're in the middle of it, it may not be so much fun, right? When you're, when you're in the middle of waiting, but, but once you wait for God to do his thing, when it's the right time, guess what? Your servant's going to love them, Lord. And eight verses later, this is beautiful. Psalm 119 and 148 says this, my eyes, David is saying this about the promises, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. David can't get the promises of God out of his mind. He's thinking about the promises when he wakes up. He's thinking about the promises when he goes to sleep, the promises that he's holding on to for his family, the promises that he's holding on to for his new business. He, he can't stop thinking about them. They've become more real to him than the reality of the world. And what other people say about what's going on in his world. No, no, no. David is, is grabbing the promises of God with both hands. And he knows that if he can get a grip on these promises and he won't let go, that it's going to move him into a place where things can change. Right to the very presence of God. Listen, it's going to take that same type of zeal on our part. Where the promises of God, the word of God becomes more real to you than the reality of what someone in the world might say about you or your circumstance might say about you. It's going to take you thinking and meditating on the word of God. He is my healer. He's my rock and my salvation. He will bless my coming and my going. He's given me power to tread on scorpions and serpents. Where those become more real to you. Where the promises of God, you can't get them off your mind. Here's how I want to end our time together today. And I thought of a thousand different ways to close this this service out. And I know I feel like I talk about my kids all the time, but the the only way that I know that I can honor the word of God and honor you, the best way I know how, is to do for you what I would do for my kids. Because I love my kids and my wife more than anything in this world. So that's what I'm going to do today. There's a passage of scripture uh, that I want to draw your attention to. Psalm chapter 121, and it says this. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. I got three kids, two of them are in school. 
Cassie and I have tried our best, just like every parent in here, right? We, we raise our kids the best we know how. And then, then there comes a time when you got to put them in school. And guess what? They're going to hear things in school that they're not going to hear in my house. And they're going to learn things in school that they didn't, they, they're not going to hear it at my house. Uh-uh. And when your kids start driving, they start going out, right? They're going to they're gonna experience some things. They're going to see some things that they might not see in your house. And though I can't physically be there to protect them, so to speak, right? Daddy ain't there to wrap his arms around them and keep the bears and the lions away. Uh, I can't do that. And in, in a society where people are shooting up schools and movie theaters, of course, as a parent, you want to protect them. You want to be there. But you can't, right? We can't be there all the time. So I did the best thing that I knew how, and this isn't original with me, so it's not a pat on my back. I I just took a little note card, and I wrote this scripture on there that, that Windsor, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forever. And he doesn't even know where it is. I'll tell y'all I slipped it in his backpack in a pocket that he's never seen in his world. It's hidden way down in there. But every time Windsor walks into school and I kiss him goodbye and he goes amongst his friends, he is now being covered by the word of God because he's got parents that are holding on to the promises of God. That's not a pat on my back. I stole the idea, please. But I want to I honor you the way that I would honor my kids because I love you. And so here's what we've done. It's nothing fancy. I've just, I've created some note cards with our series logo on the front and on the back it's blank. I don't know what promises you need to start holding on to with both hands. But I know with the amount of people in this room that there's some needs in this house and there's some promises that you need to get a hold of and not let go of. Here's what I want us to do today. Listen, our ushers today, they've got, they've got a ton of these cards. So I want you to take one when you leave. Write the scripture of whatever it is. I don't know where you need to put it. Put it on your, your nightstand so you see it every day. Put it in your wife's car where she may not even know what it is. Put it with your kids. Give it to your boss. No, don't do that. Just A place where you can claim the promises of God. Where the promises of God are made known to you so real. More than the reality of the word. To where you can't stop thinking about the promises of God. And so here's what I want to do. Once again, I thought about a thousand ways to close this out. I thought having cards down here and everybody come get one. But then it would be a massive traffic jam and it would be awful. Would you stand with me? Here's what we're going to do. If you're in the house and you know that there's some promises that you need to hang on to, that you need to hold on to with both hands so that you can be drawn into the very presence of God. If that's you, listen, what we're gonna do in just a moment, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand up and we're gonna pray over over those promises. But here's the key, listen, I'm not praying actually over the promise because God's gonna deliver on his promise. I'm praying for you to have the strength to hold on. Because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen when you think it is. It's not going to look the way that you think it should look. But I promise you at the end of it, if you will hold on and not let go, that it's going to draw you into the presence of God, the place that we long to be. Is there more? Yeah, you get in the presence of God and there is more. 
So we're gonna pray that you have the strength and then we're also gonna pray for the person next to you that God would grant them the strength to hold on because guess what? We are better together. We need each other. I can't make it by myself. You can't make it by yourself. So if that's you, if you know that there's a promise that you need to hold on to, would you slip your hand up in the air all across this house? Lord, right now, God, I don't, I don't pretend to know all of the promises that we need to get a hold of in our world, but God, I am sure that your promises will come to pass. If your word says it, then I believe it. God, I pray for strength in this house right now. Not natural strength. I pray for a supernatural strength. That you would get a hold of our hearts, that you would get a hold of our minds and our lives. And when things don't go the way that we think they should go, according to the promise that we're holding on to, that we would grab on with the other hand and say, I know it's not easy. I know this is so difficult, but I'm claiming this promise. I'm going to thoroughly test it. And at the end of it, if I will see it through, God, whenever your timing is, I know that I will be in your presence, that you will draw me in to where you are. And I pray for my friends today, God. We pray for the people next to us right now, that you would grant them the strength to hold on to your promises. Because Lord, we're gonna learn over the next few weeks about some four core promises that you've made us and all the other promises flow from these four we hold on today we give you glory we give you honor and we give you praise for it's in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen